This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm super excited, gents, because this week kicks off our summer of fun. Robert Niles is going to be here today. And I think for that reason, we need to say hurrah to our troops who hopefully get discounts at all these theme parks we're going to talk I think they do. about today. They should. I hope they do. 100% If discount. they don't, five finger discount. Hey, Cedar Fair, Universal, <laughs> they sneak it in? Probably not. No, they just wear camouflage. Nobody sees them. Ah, right. <laughs> what you did there. I thought I saw somebody, but not sure. Hey, uh, on behalf of the men and women making Podcast in Mom's Basement and the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union, here's to our troops. Hope you have a great summer. Let's help you kick it off. <laughs> They're dogs and they're playing poker! <laughs> Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's that time of year. Not only is it speedo season for old Doug, we're kicking off the summer fun by helping you plan the perfect theme park trip with reformed math geek and theme park insider, Robert Niles. For our TikTok Minute, getting ready for summer road trips, we'll talk about what some say is the proper way to buy a car. In our headline, Banking Crisis? One big bank CEO has a solution to this whole problem. We'll share. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Lucky Stacking Benjamin's listener, Katie, who wants to know if her decision to lower her Roth 401k contributions to 2% was the right move. And then I'll share some retro trivia. And now, two guys who will turn this car around if you don't start listening. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Happy Monday, stackers, and let me be the first to welcome you to our Summer of Fun, which officially every year kicks off today. If you're brand new here, Robert Niles uh, brings in the summer season for us with his focus on theme parks. Uh, nice open, Doug. By the way, Doug, yeah. why, did the, why did the chicken cross the road? To escape the Chick-fil-A? I don't know. To see the ugly guy. Okay, knock, knock. Who, who's there? The chicken. Oh, come on. Yeah, I had Sorry. so much energy and pep doing that intro, <laughs> and you just decided, yeah, you just decided to crush me with the big old wooden mallet. And it's gone. Hey, did I say that Robert Niles is here? Robert, <laughs> Robert Niles from The Park Insider joins us. Oh, gee, how are you, man? You ready to ride the roller coaster of a podcast episode today? The roller coaster of life. I haven't uh, been to... A theme park. I mean, Disney. 
you, does that count? But like a roller coaster park, Cedar Point, Six Flags in a very long time. So this summer, we are going to Cedar Point. That's super exciting. Well, you definitely want to listen to Robert because, as always, he's going to take us around the nation, see how we can save money. And if you can't save money, at least get your money's worth. Because you'll see these families at the theme park. It's 4.30 in the afternoon. The kids are crying. The parents look miserable. Like, let's go. We have to ride Millennium Force again. This is fun. We're all having fun, okay? You're having fun. Mom's like, "Uh, honey, we're out of money. We can't do anymore. The will continue (laughs) until morale improves. (laughs) Do you know what? All the fun should start with this. This is where the fun should begin. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they offer 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. That gives you a couple minutes to get the fun meter going, doesn't it? Yes. It's a jazz. All the fantastic stuff. Robert Niles is here, but first a headline, the TikTok Minute, so we got to go. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from the Wall Street Journal, Jamie Dimon. In the news, he's the head of uh, J.P. Morgan. OG, listen to this one. This is written by Hannah Miao. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon says regulators should look at, wait for it, short selling of bank stocks. He thinks we shouldn't be allowed to short sell <laughs> bank stocks anymore. <laughs> so listen, if our industry is sucking and the people at the top are like taking out all the assets before our bank goes under, we can't have the traders clean the system. We've got to we got to protect these bankers 
so that they can uh, they can do their own rating. So of their it. options it's, are still good. I mean, uh, so that the solvency is still yeah. up there. Yeah. Jamie Dimon is a smart guy, but in this one, this is a headline, everybody, that you got to read and go, wow, you can tell where his bread's buttered. Yeah, yeah 100%. I mean, this is the whole value of capitalism, right? Which is, it's self-cleaning. Yes. You blow your stuff up, people are going to take their capital elsewhere. And the result of that is you don't get to be entrusted with people's capital anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Your business gets and the to go vultures, away. The vultures come in, which is the short sellers. And, uh, I'm sure they, they like that analogy. They make sure that it's, that it's done. What's that? I said, I'm sure they like that analogy. The vultures? Picking the... Oh, short the, sellers have been called vultures forever. I mean, that's not a new one, but how about short? Hey, they have feelings too. Do you think we got to have protests now about the emphasis oh, on the word short? Like, why are we picking on short? Like, that's not... We shouldn't be picking on short. Short sellers? It's not inclusive enough. How about sea lampreys? They're like <laughs> self-cleaners, right? They clean the the big nasty whale when it gets Krill. all covered with... Yeah. Carp? How about carp? Bottom feeders, Yeah. It's funny. We used to be able to talk about short and not have it like be a thing, but imagine, remember the guy that did, um, you got a friend in me, you know, the oh, toy yeah. story song, Randy uh, Newman, Randy Newman. Yeah. Won all kinds of awards. Remember in the 1970s, he had this song. Short people got no Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason to live. They got little hands, little eyes. They walk around telling great big lies. They got little nose, tiny little teeth. They wear platform shoes on the nasty little feet. Well, I. <laughs> I forgot that line. <laughs> What's funny is, is that he's actually making a point about racism and sexism and, you know, about going after these separate groups. But imagine if he tried to make that point today. Like, even if he's got a great point, people go, oh, wait a minute. Why is he going after short people? You can't go after short people. Like, how soon does he get canceled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we want to go down this this path in this in this headline discussion. Can we talk about Jamie Dimon? Every time I hear his name, I feel like that's the the villain character in a banking movie. Like or Jamie name? Dimon played today by Matt Damon. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's not a real name. That dude cannot Maybe. be real. What if Jamie Dimon was short? What if he was short? And he, he would have nasty cut. little feet. Yes. Oh, gee, save us, please. Uh, short selling. What does this even mean? Let's define why we think this is kind of a funny headline. What is for our new stackers out there? Let's walk through short selling. When you own a stock, you're hoping that it goes up. You buy it at one price and you're hoping that it goes up and then you can sell it at a higher price later. If you think that the company is not going to do well, if you think the company is going to do poorly and you think the stock is actually going to go down, you can profit from that decline by selling it today and buying it sometime in the future. And so you think about it as completely the opposite of buying now and selling later. Now you're just doing the transaction backwards and saying, I want to sell now and I'm going to buy it sometime in the future. And if you sell it today at 100, the only way that you make money is if you buy it at 90, right? And so uh, you have the opportunity to do that. There's a lot of restrictions around it in terms of 
type of account you have to have and equity position in your account and those sorts of things. Yeah, but, and rightfully so, because there's unlimited risk potential. Like when you yeah. buy, quote, long, you'll just go up with the stock or down with the stock and you can only lose, you know, whatever the value. If the, if the stock is at 50 and it goes to zero, you can only lose you the only 50. Lose 50 a share. That's right. But if a stock's at 50 and you short it thinking it is going to go to zero, your downside risk if it goes to 1,000 is huge. Infinity. Yeah, because so, in theory, a stock never, you know, could go up forever. These ancillary bets in the market always confused me when I was a new investor, you know, like six months ago. But I, I just assumed the only thing that you could do to make money in the stock market was what you guys just said. You buy it at 90 and you hope it goes to 91. It's Isn't it a little bit like the obvious bet is on a football game is who's going to win. But then you could also bet on is it going to be heads or tails? on the coin flip. Like there's all of this side action that you can bet on. Isn't that essentially what betting short is an example of? Well, I mean, I was going to say, you're thinking about it like from a gambling standpoint and maybe short selling and option trading is about as close to gambling as you can get in the market. But I don't want to put those two things together because I don't think buying Apple stock at 150, hoping it goes to 160 is gambling. I think that's, you know, that's, that's investing. It would be more like in your example, Doug, betting on the team that you think is going to lose. I think that this team is going to lose, okay. which would be a weird way to do it. Yeah, I think for our average listener, short selling is incredibly dangerous. I wouldn't get involved in it. I do know that there's some companies, some CFOs out there, especially, you know, OG, you were talking about taking the family to Cedar Point. Right. Cedar Point will use futures and options in case the weather's bad they will mitigate their risk by betting on weather patterns. And it's not actually, quote, betting. I use the word betting. That's that's wrong. They will use these uh, derivatives as insurance to yeah. make sure that if they have a bad season because the weather is foul all summer long, that they at least keep the motor running on the company. Oh, it's not any different than crop insurance, right? Right, You know, yes. when you plant your crop in March – you don't have an idea of it's going to be a wet spring or a dry spring or a wet summer or a dry summer or a hot summer or whatever. And so you, you, you know, you forego a little bit of that yield to offset the chance of having the whole thing go, go badly. So that's hedging, that's insurance. That's a different thing than short selling. Short selling, you are a hundred percent assuming that the stock is going to go down and you want to profit on the way it down. That's that. And that's different, I think, than saying, well, I have Apple at 150. I'm concerned that it might go to 140 and I would lose $10. That's different. And you can, you know, have a have a, a selling strategy of, you know, I'll put a stop loss there. I'll make sure that, you know, I'm going to sell out at 140 to limit my downside, you know, so or instead place of saying an option, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a different ways to ensure it in terms of the, you know, that kind of range of returns. But if you look at a company and you say, I don't think that this company is going to do well in the future, therefore I want to profit. I want to put my money where my mouth is. I think this is a bad deal and I think I want to profit from it. There's a great book. Uh, it's old now, probably written in the early 2000s called Fooling Some of the People All of the Time. This is the second time I've talked about this book in the last week. Yeah. I was next to you at a meetup where you were yeah. talking about this book. So the book is written by a hedge fund manager named David Einhorn. And it goes into how he uncovered this fraud of a company and wanted to sell it short. He wanted to profit from the fact that he found this fraud. And all of the things the SEC was doing, all the things the government, all the things this company was doing against him to say, 
you're the fraud. You're the one that's screwing your customers and like all this big campaign and uh, shocking, you know, since there's a book about it, he ended up being right. Yeah. But an interesting, an interesting behind the scenes look at how, how when that stuff is uncovered, the lengths and, and breadth of fraud that people will continue to perpetrate to keep it covered up. So that's the other side of it too. I mean, if you're trying to do something on, you know, I'm going to short 10 shares of Walmart today, you know, the Walmart people aren't coming after you. But if you have some big conviction that such and such a thing is bad and you're going to write a book about it or you're going to take your entire portfolio and do it, you might get a, you might get a phone call. What do you, what do you know that nobody else knows? Why, why are you yeah. so anti this, you know, and then God forbid you're actually right. Because then it's like, how do you prove to somebody that you didn't know illegally that this was going to blow up? How do you prove that negative? In same way on the upside, I suppose. And when it comes to banks and Jamie Dimon not liking it, when there's a lot of short interest on a stock, it drags down the returns on the stock, makes it easier for the company to to uh, see a, a falling share price. Falling share price, a lot of companies, they have debt based on the amount of shares that they have outstanding, and then they get into a world of hurt. Their books get into a world of hurt when the share price begins to sink. So Jamie's like, we need banking enough that we shouldn't let people do this. And I would say to Jamie, we need bankers to responsibly run banks is what we, what I think we truly need. Hey, time for our TikTok minute. This is the part of the show where we shine the light on a TikToker, either lighten things up with some brilliance or maybe some hashtag brilliance. Today, we're actually going to be OG. I'm going to come to you because we're not going to TikTok. Uh, uh, yes. Mike sent this to us. This is a Facebook reel. We're going to do Facebook reel today. What do you think? Genius or air quotes genius? If it's on social, man. Air quotes always. All right. This is some, uh, this is some genius around buying a car. Chris is actually talking about how you're taught to buy a car. You can either pay cash or finance. Let's say you want to finance a car for $30,000. That immediately puts you in debt when you take out a car loan and you spend the next five to eight years paying off that debt. And after the interest, you're paying around $40,000, which is approximately $637 a month. So now you're back at zero. Your car is paid off and you're debt free, but you permanently transferred $40,000 away from you that you'll never get back. So here's an alternative. Save up that same $30,000, but in a whole life insurance account that's growing at six percent interest and all you do is ask the insurance company for a loan for thirty thousand dollars and they'll happily give it to you and hold your initial thirty thousand dollars as collateral but still give you that six percent interest since it's a risk-free loan for them they're not going to ask you how if or when you want to pay the loan back that's all up to you but you take that loan of thirty thousand dollars and use that to buy the car and the same way you're going to pay the bank six hundred and thirty seven dollars a month you just start paying yourself back six hundred thirty seven dollars a month but here's the best part every single payment you make back to yourself you can reaccess tomorrow if you made ten thousand dollars <laughs> i feel like it's a shell game like you know you're on the streets of manhattan this guy's like hey i got this uh look at the the balls under one of these three things just keep up with this see if i just take this and i take a loan for myself let, let me let me just summarize what he said you should save the money that you want to buy a car with you should pay that car off with the money that you've saved. And then in the time after you've paid the car off, you should put the car payment that you would have had back into your savings account. But then wait, but then you don't or give Or you a can do 600 layers of that and buy a life insurance policy and then try to borrow it from yourself, but 
not because it's your money, but it's not your money. And then they're going to pay you, but they, but then you don't have to pay it back, but you might have to pay it back. And then you could pay it back. And if you did pay it back, then you can actually have some money back if you wanted to buy other stuff, I guess. If you have $30,000 and you put it into an account and then you borrow 30,000 from that account, the net effect is you have $0. I love the right? flaw of that thinking, by the way, don't, don't take out a loan for 30,000, just take 30,000 you've saved up and put it in a product. Well, hold on. Did he actually say that? Or are you guys saying that because you know how life insurance works? Cause I don't remember him explicitly saying he did say, I think he's just saying you take out a $30,000 life put 30, insurance 30,000 in a whole life policy and take 30,000 out of the whole life. Yes, that's exactly what he said. He did say to put $30,000, Doug, into a whole life policy. And take it out. But does it cost you $30,000 to... So that's the part I missed, was I thought he's like, buy the $30,000 policy, but that doesn't cost you $30,000, right? That's that's not at all what he said. I mean, okay. he said he's, he said very quickly, take $30,000 and put it into a policy and borrow it all immediately. Okay. Which also you couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The life insurance company's not going to let you do that. Right. So dumb. They'll take your 30 to buy 300,000 of life insurance or whatever number. And then you go, well, I want my 30 back. They go, cool. You can have eight. Right. The part that you can't see too, is this was a side-by-side -side video with another guy in a hat who is vigorously nodding about how smart this strategy is. And it's like pointing to his head, like this is a brainiac. It's amazing. Those people on social are the sea lampreys of social because they don't actually <laughs> produce anything themselves. At least the first guy made some content. It was really effed up and wrong, but at least he made something. The other guy's just sitting there nodding his head. He doesn't even know what that guy's saying. He's like, I want to be that guy. Yeah, I want to be that guy. That's who I want to be. I wonder if people are going to start doing that to our show soon. If you want to watch the entire video, uh, you know what? We will dive deeper into this in our newsletter, The 201. In fact, we'll dive deeper into short selling and how all that works and trading strategies that won't upset the apple cart when it comes to your portfolio. And we'll also dive even more into our guest and his topic today. Robert Niles was a one-time math geek, and he was also a Disney worker when he was young. He was a Jungle Cruise skipper. At one point, Robert Niles, he was in the news business. Now he's in the news of teaching you about theme parks. One of the, if not the biggest theme park website online, Theme Park Insider, he runs and manages, and uh, he has won tons of awards for Theme Park Insider. But every year, we invite him down to the basement to help you plan a better trip to the theme park, hopefully less expensive, or at the very least, you get your money's worth. We'll go around the country with him in a second, but Doug... What's our trivia question today? Well, Joe, here's the trivia question. Hey, stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I am pumped for theme park season. Did you know Super Nintendo World recently opened at Universal Studios Hollywood? At the opening, Universal Parks and Resorts Chairman and CEO Mark Woodbury announced Super Nintendo World is also coming to Orlando. Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers are among the most iconic games to hit the U.S., so it makes sense they're becoming attractions, which brings me to my trivia. On this day in 1980, Namco first installed another iconic arcade game in Shibuya, Tokyo. Here in the U.S., we know this game as Pac-Man, but that wasn't its name in Tokyo. It was changed in the U.S. out of fear that it would be modified in arcades to, uh, you know, let's just say an R-rated version. 
Now, what ne'er-do-well would do that? Certainly not me in my youth. No. There's no video footage. My <laughs> trivia question is, what was the original name of Pac-Man? I'll be back right after I do some hand stretches. I'm really trying to build up my hand strength. It's for video games. I play a lot. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because... Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm Maze Blazer and ghost killer Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And I know you're chomping to answer my trivia. I'm talking about the OG of arcade games where you attempt to eat as many dots as possible while trying to escape Pinky, Blinky, Inky, and Clyde hot on your tail. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of acid going around that creative team. <laughs> anyway, so what was the original name of Pac-Man? It was initially released by Namco as... Puckman. You probably didn't get it. This one was pucking impossible. And now, here to teach us how to bring our A-game to theme park planning, Robert Niles. And you know, just like in the northern climates, when you see the first robins, you see the Canadian geese flying overhead, or it's Memorial Day week in America, you know Robert Niles is back on the Stacky Benjamin Show. How are you, brother? I am doing very well. Nice to see you. It's great to see. I can't believe it's been a year, by the way. Uh, it's just every year. It's so, so wild. It goes quick. 
Let's do the thing. Last year, I think I led with, I think we're back. You said, I think we are. We are clearly back now. We are clearly, everybody seems open for business. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put this by you. The United States is a heat map. Mm -hmm. Where's the heat at for theme parks right now on the heat map? Well, I think it's back to normal. The big heat map is at Southern California and Central Florida. Uh, with little uh, dots throughout the Midwest as well. Everyone is operating on full cylinders at this point. There is one exception to this, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But Disney is celebrating its 100th anniversary corporate-wide this year. Uh, So they've got lots of stuff happening at Disneyland. Brand new roller coaster at Walt Disney World in Florida. Universal isn't going to let that, uh, you know, take that line down. So they're matching with a lot of new stuff. The big one, the one we've been waiting for, Super Nintendo World, is now open at Universal Studios Hollywood with plans to bring it to Florida in a couple of years. And Florida is doing a new attraction this year, too, with a, another Despicable Me-themed attraction that they're putting into their park in Orlando there. So lots of fun stuff happening with Disney and Universal. SeaWorld's got new roller coasters coming up across the country. Hershey Park's about to do a big new uh, coaster that's a throwback to one of their originals. Lots of fun stuff uh, to do for uh, people who want to get out on a fun summer vacation this year. I ask you this question every year, but obviously we have new stackers every year, Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, saving money at theme parks, incredibly difficult. But if I'm going to try to save a few dollars, what are your, some of your best tips? Find the parks you want to go to and follow them on social media because they will announce on their social media when they've got sales going on. A lot of them are selling discount passes here at the beginning of the season. These are going to be the lowest prices of the year that you can get on annual passes. Uh, Now, you might be thinking, I'm only going to go once or twice. I might not need an annual pass. Hey, I'm telling you, the benefits that you can get on some of these passes pay for themselves if you go ahead and you buy that rather than a single-day ticket. Sometimes you can get free parking. You can get discounts inside of the park on food, on merchandise, sometimes on hotel stays with affiliated hotels. So always look at an annual or seasonal pass option before you go buy in a single-day or worse, several single-day tickets to a theme park. So you can get a lot of deals that are available out there that way. It's funny, Robert, because the one thing that you've drilled into my head over the last several years is really that, you know, in a lot of areas of your life, doing a little bit of research goes a long way, but it's exponential for the theme park game. Just exponential. I mean, after I started talking to you, my trips to regional theme parks and to Disney have been so much better just because I go on Theme Park Insider. I'd listen to some podcasts. I do some of these tips that you gave us, like following people on social media. And all of a sudden I know how to make my just how to organize your day better can turn a bad day into a good day. Parks have gotten exponentially more complicated as they've added more pricing options That gives you a great deal of power. You've got a lot of flexibility that you didn't have before when it was just one price, one size fits all. The price can vary by the day of the week that you go to some theme parks. That can be a bad thing, but that could be something that works to your advantage if you've got some flexibility. Uh, So as they've added all of these upcharges, all of these variable pricing, it really does pay to do the research to make sure that you're getting the best deal for you and your family, the one that works out where you're not just paying the less Maybe you're paying a little bit more, but you're getting a lot more for your money by making sure that you do the research and you come in as an informed consumer. Let's take a trip around the nation. Let's start off with the East Coast because I saw a TikTok video yesterday, Robert. It's from a Six Flags that is just east of Philadelphia. Um, And I'm missing the name, but you'll probably know the name. The Great um, America? I'm sorry. Great Adventure. Sorry. Great Adventure. Yep. Yeah, in New Jersey. And there was a roller coaster that 
made me want to throw up. It just is this is is this thing new? Is this a or am I just because I don't live on the uh, East Coast? They're it, supposed to be bringing back their El Toro roller coaster, which uh, we had as our top ranked roller coaster in the world there for a little while. Uh, it's had some problems recently, but uh, they've been working on fixing that, and that's supposed to come back this summer. So that's the big, that's the big thing at at Great Adventure. That's got to be the reason I saw the video. I'll tell you a, a coaster that could make you a little bit queasy, and we just put up a video on our YouTube channel of this is actually coming to Cedar Point in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. A huge favorite with roller coaster fans. They've got a new Wild Mass roller coaster. This is a spinning coaster from a manufacturer called Zimperla. The video you see, you know, it's early season. It's just one guy riding alone. But when they say this one spins, they're not kidding. It spins a lot. So uh, this is one that if you're into that type of thing, this this is going to be great. You got to get to Cedar Point. You got to ride this this summer. Uh, if you're not into that type of experience, well, Cedar Point's got a lot of other great experiences that uh, are available to you there as well. Well, while we're on Cedar Point, you know, they have problems with one of their rides, a uh, uh, Top Thrill Dragster, yeah. where it would th- this ride would just go, for people that don't know, it would just launch mm-hmm. you uh, very quickly up this massive hill. You'd pause, you'd slow way down at the top, and then you'd run back down. And they had a huge problem with the ride. But it looks like, my son was telling me yesterday, because he knew you and I were talking, so this comes from my son, Nick. He's like, what's going on with this? Because it looks like they're changing the track around. It looks like there's some movement happening at Cedar Point. What's going on there? They haven't announced officially all the specs that's going to be. That ride is going to be closed for this season. It's not going to be there. And what they're doing is that they're putting in a a new launch mechanism because that's really where the problems they were having with it. I mean, you think about it, you're talking about, this is machinery here. I mean, you think about these as rides, you think about magic, you think about all this. This is all machinery. And this is machinery that had to take a train full of people, that's heavy, and launch that thing up over 100 miles an hour in basically no time at all. You think about the force that's going to require to do that. And for those of us who took physics or maybe some engineering, you put force on that type of mass uh, over time, uh, things are going to wear. That's a lot. That's a lot of maintenance work you got to do. That's a lot of energy expense to do all of that. Uh, since that ride opened, I think the industry has gotten a lot more efficient at designing launch mechanisms that don't put that type of pressure, don't put that type of wear on a train. So they're going to go with a new type of launch system. And they're also going to mess around with the track a little bit because they want to get some records back. When that launched, it was the uh, fastest, tallest roller coaster in the world. Those uh, records have been claimed by other rides. And uh, I think Cedar Point might want those back. So we will see uh, when they make an announcement later this season on specifically what we've got. We're expecting that coaster to be back in some form next summer. Let's shift our attention over to the West Coast where places, I'm thinking like Magic Mountain, which has a ton of, you know, mm-hmm. you talk Cedar Point, I talk, would think, who else has lots of roller coasters? Oh, Magic Mountain. Anything new, exciting on the West Coast? I, I tell you what, I've, the number one thing new and exciting on the West Coast for me has been Super Nintendo World. That mm. opened back up in the uh, beginning part of the year at, Super, uh, at uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. You think about Super Mario, that is the number one franchise in the world right now. Number one IP. It's the number one movie of the year. It's the number one new theme park attraction in America at this point. You get to go on a real-life Mario Kart ride. It's a dark ride where you get to, uh, you know, you're drifting around, you're controlling, uh, you know, throwing shells and racking up points and all of that. Lots of just practical, fun stuff to do with the game where you're just punching question blocks, real-life question blocks throughout the land uh, itself. So that has been wildly popular for people at Universal Studios Hollywood. 
And it's going to be coming to the new Epic Universe theme park at Universal Orlando in 2025 as well. Uh, Disneyland has opened its version of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in an expanded Toontown. So they're not taking the competition from Universal lying down. You can go play at Super Nintendo World. You can go play in Disneyland's new Toontown. A couple of options for people out in Southern California. And then uh, SeaWorld San Diego is bringing out a new kind of snowmobile-themed roller coaster called Arctic Rescue that we're expecting to open a little bit later on this summer, too. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm has redone their Fiesta Village. that They're going to be uh, bringing out a new version of their old Montezuma's looping coaster. We're expecting oh, yeah. that sometime That's this summer. That's a classic. So lots of stuff happening on the West Coast right now. I said the one thing where the one chain that is still kind of not up to full speed, I would say at this point, has been Six Flags. Uh, their financials have been pretty disappointing recently. And as a result, yeah. we're not seeing really aggressive announcements about new attractions coming to a lot of Six Flags parks that we are seeing from Cedar Fair and from SeaWorld parks and from Disney and Universal. But uh, Magic Mountain still got an incredibly impressive coaster lineup. <laughs> Just- Even if they added a really fun single rail coaster to that theme to Wonder Woman last year. So for a lot of people who haven't seen that, Yeah, they will more than fill your day if uh, you head up to uh, Valencia, north of Los Angeles, for Six Flags Magic Mountain. Two questions about Southern California. First one uh, is is on Knott's Berry Farm. Mm -hmm. I've been to Knott's Berry Farm twice, but it has been a good 20, 25 years. But that was a Mm. wonderful, overshadowed park that I feel like a lot of people forget about. Is that still a wonderful, overshadowed park? Oh, I think it's it's a favorite of a lot of locals, especially in Orange County around here, um, particularly as Disneyland has had such amazing success that they've kind of become a victim of their own success in some ways. The annual passes are not cheap, not always available. So for a lot of families who maybe feel like Disneyland's a stretch, Knott's Berry Farm is an amazing, affordable alternative for them that just delivers the same type of... I mean, Disney's designers, they're called Imagineers. They, you can find them all the time at Knott's Berry Farm crib and ideas from that place. <laughs> I mean, uh, they freely admit that they uh, take inspiration from the stuff that's been happening at Knott's Berry Farm over the years. So and they do wonderful food festivals there. They just wrapped up their annual Boysenberry Festival. They're going to have their uh, summer nights coming back up with Ghost Town Alive, which is this wonderful kind of interactive thing where you can go into their Ghost Town section and pretend like you're a you know, an old-timey pioneer and interact with all of the actors that they've got there. Just a really, truly unique experience that they have there. And they've got some great rides uh, for the Thrill fan in your family as well. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about our mutual love affair of uh, Bush Gardens uh, Williamsburg mm-hmm. for their theming. But man, I think on the West Coast, not Berry Farm. I mean, just a Boysenberry Festival, like not a Blackberry. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a Boysenberry Festival. That's, that's their berry. That's the berry that made Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, yeah I, that's that's one of those hidden gem parks that if people you're 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 you start to sweat when you look at the top line non discounted cost of going to a Disney World or a Universal Orlando. Now, you can certainly get discounts down on those. Those can be affordable if you work it. But if you're looking at something where you don't have to do a whole lot of research, you can just roll up and have a great time. Knott's Berry Farm, that's a great park. Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, and we should talk about their new coaster in a moment too. Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Love that park. Great hospitality there. Uh, and my favorite hidden gem in this country, uh, Holiday World in Santa Claus, is. Indiana. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You got to drive about an hour west of Louisville to get to it. But uh, you will be rewarded by meeting up with some of the greatest coaster fans in the country uh, that you'll find there at, at Holiday World. I've had so many stackers contact me, Robert, 
and say that because of your appearance here and then Theme Park Insider that they discovered Holiday World. Like that is, that is, uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great family owned park that doesn't nickel and dime you. It's free soft drinks, free sunscreen, free parking. I mean, you come in, you're like, where's the booth? Where's the toll booth? What do we, you're just parking me? What? And it's just that way. I mean, you're getting value for your money and, uh, cause they don't have the big corporate overhead and, uh, just, just a good fun time there. I love the, uh, uh, the wing coaster that they put in there a few years ago. Just absolutely wonderful experience. Before we but get yeah, Bush Gardens Williamsburg, I don't want to go away without mentioning that. Yeah, let's do that. Dark Coaster. If you are a fan of that park, you've been there. You remember the old Curse of Dark Castle dark ride that was in there that they took away? Yeah. And you wanted it to come back? It's coming back in roller coaster form this summer. It's called Dark Coaster. It is an indoor kind of snowmobile type coaster. Uh, it looks like it's just going to be great fun and opening up in the middle of May in uh, Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Big news. Let's go to the South. Big news in Texas with uh, Universal announcing some big stuff coming to mm-hmm. the Dallas area. Well, it's it's big news for a small thing, kind of. Right. Uh, they are getting into kind of the regional family, maybe even kitty park business, you might say. Going after what has been Legoland's bread and butter for a long time. They have announced a new theme park that they're going to be opening, I believe, in the Dallas area. Haven't given us much detail beyond that besides some concept art, which we had up on themeparkinsider.com, that sure looks like it's going to be a lot of DreamWorks franchises in there. And this is aimed at families with small children. It's not a big, huge Universal Studios type theme park. It's going to be something much smaller, more intimate, designed for toddlers and their parents to get around. And this is not something that we've seen from Disney or Universal in the past, getting into this marketplace. But Universal is showing that they're willing to be aggressive and go after new markets in the United States in a way that Disney hasn't been willing to do since uh, the whole Disney Quest thing that happened in the 1990s. So that didn't end up working out for Disney, but I think Universal thinks that. And they're also putting in a new kind of haunted uh, Horror Nights-themed attraction in Area 15 at Las Vegas at that expansion. So they are getting into regional out-of-home entertainment though, in a way that's, I think, really exciting to see how that's going to pan out for NBC Universal. For people here in my area, uh, Northern Texas, the Mid-South, Robert, mm-hmm. you know, we have Six Flags. I'm not a huge fan of the Six Flags in Arlington. I've been there a couple of times and, and, oh. and just, I just, I don't love it. But I noticed in Hot Springs when I was there last time, there's this little theme park there that I'd never, that I'd never, never knew existed. Are there any gems around the mid South? If you're living where I do that we should be looking into. I I think the one in the middle of the country that gets a lot of people, this is a little bit North of you, but if you head up to Branson, Missouri, silver dollar city, that's the sister park of Dollywood. And they've got some great, great attractions. I think they probably might even be better than Dollywood on thrill rides or variety of thrill rides. Uh, that's a fight that a lot of theme park fans will get into. But uh, that's a great, great, great attraction that a lot of people really appreciate up there. But I think the thing that uh, Texas is more known for than theme parks really has been with water parks. Just the the success that the Schlitterbahn parks now, uh, some of them are owned by Cedar Fair, which is the Cedar uh, Point's parent company now. And Knott's um, Berry Farm as well, right? And been a great market for that. I mean, I, I'm in Southern California. This is not really a big water park market here just because of the nature of the difference of the weather between Southern California and Texas. <laughs> We're all about wetsuits here. <laughs> we have cold water at our beaches. Uh, but lots of fun stuff to do. But like I said, I, I'm really excited to see what Universal brings to the table. And if that opens up the Texas market 
for uh, some of the bigger theme park operators to come in and take a second look at and say, hey, you know, uh, maybe we don't need to just leave this to Six Flags and we can come in and do some interesting things here too. Is the rumor mill I've seen just lately after that announcement. All right, let's go to fun in the sun. We got to go to Florida. Absolutely. Let's talk about that new roller coaster you mentioned that Disney has. Tell me about this. Tron Light Cycle Run at the Magic Kingdom. This is kind of a duplicate of a coaster that they debuted at Shanghai Disneyland back in 2016 that was the absolute runaway hit of that park. If you are of my generation and a fan of the original Tron movie, you know the first time you saw that, you're like, I want to ride a light cycle. Now you can do it. Go to uh, Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom and you can ride a light cycle on Tron uh, Light Cycle Run. It is you're hunched over. It's like a motorcycle style roller coaster uh, riding in pairs of two. And it is an absolutely phenomenal launch out of that building up under that lit canopy and then into the grid itself. A lot of great lighting effects that they've put into the interior portion of that ride. Absolute wonderful thrill. Uh, if, if you're on ThemeParkInsider.com and you just uh, search for Tron Light Cycle Run, you can see the on-ride video of me on that one. And I'm just having the time of my life. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that coaster. And it's right next to Space Mountain as well. So if you're a coaster fan heading to Disney World, you can get that one-two punch. Speaking of that, last year you recommended that I ride the new ride at Epcot, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And oh my, Robert, that was fantastic. I absolutely love what they did with that attraction because to call it a roller coaster, I think is selling a little bit short. I mean, it's Disney. They've taken it to a different level. This is really, it's a guardians of the galaxy adventure and you are right in the middle of it. Uh, And it's got all of that humor, all of that wonder and the pop songs. They play a different pop song. I was singing uh, all the way through it. A rotation of six different pop songs. So you can go on it again and again and keep getting different (laughs) songs on it as well. So it is just, you come off of that feeling, wow, I like you are a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And there is a, I won't spoil it, but there is a very long kind of pre-show that leads up to this. Like you're going through this almost World's Fair type exhibit about the planet of Xandar. And there are several pre-show moments, including one that will absolutely take your breath away. You just have to see it to believe it. That's a wonderful attraction. I'm glad you liked it. And I hope a lot of your... uh, Allow your fans, uh, give it a try as well. Oh, they totally should. By the way, you're also a person who said, listen, if you don't go to the restaurants at some of these various places, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. missing out. Disney has really more of a reputation than any place else for restaurants. But I wonder this year, I've never asked you this question. I'm thinking as a former Jungle Cruise skipper that Skipper Canteen would be your favorite, but what's your favorite restaurant on I, property? Actually, I, I was just at Skipper Canteen about a month ago. With Were the, you really? Uh, Last time I was down at Disney World, and I still love it. Absolutely. Uh, wonderful, wonderful food. I think that's the best restaurant in the Magic Kingdom, easily, and one of my favorites at the Walt Disney World Resort. I tell you, the one that's really kind of making all the headlines in the theme park world this year is Toadstool Cafe at uh, Super Nintendo World in Hollywood. Oh, You've got Chef Toad from Mario is the cook there. They've got all these wonderful kind of animated screens throughout the restaurant. So you can see Toad and everyone else back in the kitchen making up your lunch and stuff like that. And that is a tough get right now. You need to get there uh, first thing in the morning, get down there, make a reservation online. They've got a QR code that you can scan when you're in the park. And uh, those reservations for the entire day go within the first few minutes of the park opening. 
but a lot of really f- whimsical kind of nods to uh, Mario and Luigi and the whole, the whole crew there. And, and great food, too. I absolutely love that experience. Disney's reported, well, not reported, but there's all kinds of signs that uh, attendance is down at the Disney parks. You rolled your eyes when I said that. Is that true? Not true? Because uh, that's the way they've managed it. When the pandemic happened and the lockdowns started to lift and everybody was under capacity restrictions, you had to make reservations to get into pretty much any theme park anywhere. Almost everyone has gotten rid of that at this point, except Disney. Disney has maintained the need to make advanced reservations in order to get into the theme parks because they're using it as capacity control. They decided that the parks had just gotten too crowded before the pandemic shut everything down. They didn't want to go back to that experience. Yes, obviously, they're adding new attractions like Tron Light Cycle Run and trying to expand their capacity, but at the same time, they don't want it overrun, so they are limiting the capacity in their parks. So even though the attendance is down from where it was in 2019, it's still at what their new capacity is, and there are a lot of dates that you might want to get into that you're not going to be able to get into because they're mm. essentially sold out for the day. So another big advice to people when we were talking earlier about advanced planning, at Disney it's absolutely essential because if you don't advance plan, if you just walk up, you're going to see a big sign saying no reservations available for today and you're not going to be able to get into the park. So you need to make those reservations when you can, which is usually about two to three months in advance. Well, I'm glad we talked about that because if somebody reads some of these half headlines, you know, they might think they can just walk yeah, up yeah, and go. Yeah, if you're oh, attendance down, it's going to be real easy. I just roll yeah, up and walk no right problem. in. It's like, nope, nope. It's all because they've put in really strict capacity controls this time. Now, meanwhile, their friends uh, down the street at Universal, they don't have the capacity restrictions, and they are doing big, big <laughs> attendance. Those parks are packed, let me tell you. In fact, actually, this is something that uh, if you want to see a company doing a good business move, uh, Universal, they started selling early admission to Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. So you can get in one hour before the park opens to everybody else. Usually priced around like $20, $30. It, it can vary sometimes. Uh, I don't have this specific number right in front of me. Usually when people start offering these upgrades, when companies do that, fans push back. There's been zero pushback on this one. Everyone oh. loves that deal. Uh, they're also throwing in a front of the line pass into the studio tour before 10 a.m. So after you do your hour in Super Nintendo World where you can get in, you can make that Toadstool Cafe reservation and be sure to get it. You can get on Mario Kart with minimal weight. You can do all of the the little games inside the land with no weight. Then you can go front of the line and do their famous studio tour and have that all wrapped up before like 11 in the morning. People are going, that's a great example of an upcharge that we will accept and people are going for. Boy, and that brings up, by the way, a great piece of advice you gave me a few years ago, which is where on a different vacation, you might, you know, sleep in roll mm-hmm. out of bed. Instead, use theme park days to take a break in the middle of the day. Like I'm absolutely 99% absolutely. sure you're the one that told me that. Yeah. Particularly in central Florida where it gets so hot and humid in the middle of the day, if you're visiting there in the summer, but get there immediately when it opens to get stuff. I'll tell you what, Florida, the best moments of the day are very first thing crack of dawn. And then right as the park is closing at midnight, that's when the weather's nice during the summer. Right. So you want to be out there enjoying those moments because most people don't do that. They're there in the middle of the day when the lines are the worst. And uh, that's the opportunity where you take the nap or you hit the air-conditioned restaurant for the nice leisurely late lunch. That's a great way to do it. Hit one of the water parks or back to the hotel to the pool, whatever you want to do. 
or even just kind of some of the high capacity air conditioned theater shows that people don't go to like American Adventure or a Country Bear Jamboree that never really have a wait. Do all that stuff in the middle of the afternoon because uh, prime time is when that park opens and uh, you want to take advantage of that and uh, get as much done as you can when the lines are short. I wish there was a website people could go to if somebody <laughs> created a website where like all this knowledge was bottled up. Wow. Now that you mention it. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah. If just go to themeparkinsider.com and click on our visitor's guides links, we've got visitor's guides to over 30 major theme parks around the world, including Walt Disney World, Universal Orlando, Disneyland, Universal Hollywood. We've also got parks around the world as well. And in fact, a big new park uh, that we're going to be covering uh, in Abu Dhabi, uh, SeaWorld is expanding overseas. This is really? the first of their new, new kind of generation of theme parks. It's almost all indoors. Uh, no orcas, no whales. Moving away from that, this is really more about uh, kind of an educational experience, along with some roller coasters and kids' rides as well. And then just some really fabulous multimedia entertainment that they're putting out there. So we're going to have a lot of coverage for people to look and see what kind of the next generation of a SeaWorld park might look like from the folks who brought us uh, the award-winning Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi and Ferrari World Abu Dhabi, which, by the way, has that world's fastest roller coaster that Cedar Point doesn't have anymore. I was going to ask, did you, fantastic. did you get that video? You got that video personally? Of the Formula Rosa? Of the Formula Rosa, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my ride on that, baby. That I, was I your, holy cow. Absolutely love World's fastest roller coaster. It's just... Uh, Literally face melting. They make you wear goggles because this one does launch out of the park outside. And, you know, it's Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. This is, there's a bit of sand out there. I mean, so <laughs> they don't want sand blowing into your eye at 140 miles an hour. So they make you wear goggles on it. And it's absolutely wonderful. Like I said, they just signed up uh, Jason Momoa as their uh, celebrity spokesperson for the park. And there's a great video of uh, Momoa on the uh, on the roller coaster now, too. He was just like, ah, you know going to be brave and everything. And then he just starts screaming like a little child. And then they show the little child next to him. who's like, dude, laughing, man up. Come on. What's the thing? So they know how to promote over there. That's so fabulous. They're doing, they're doing well. Oh God, Robert, I wish you had a fun job. If only you had a fun job. <laughs> it's such theme- a drain. <laughs> we will link to theme park insider. And obviously tomorrow, Kevin Bailey uh, with our 201 newsletters can have some fun because We do deep dives into all the topics we talk about here. So Kevin is licking his chops to dive even more into this. Robert, great seeing you again. Have a roller coaster summer, my friend. It is always great to kick off the summer this way. And I hope we all have a really great one. So thanks for having me and uh, have a great time to everyone out there. Hi, I'm Derek. And when I'm not working on the hook for Joe's mom's next greatest rap album, I'm stacking Benjamins, baby. Oh, so many thanks to Robert for stopping by. OG, you going to ride that new coaster in Cedar Point? Twisting, twisting the night away, man. You're going to be twisting all over the place. Might as well give it a whirl. I, I <laughs> he still got it. Uh, so much goodness. And once again, uh, Kevin Bailey will dive into tons and tons of theme park links. I know Kevin's chomping at the bit for this one. Going back to our, uh, our puck man. Imagine, by the way, the arcade game that said Puckman and some kid with just a little little thing to take out the middle of that. That's all it would take, Joe, huh? You thought about that immediately. It didn't even occur to me that that would be the most efficient way to change the P to an F. I was like, how? Oh, that'd be funny. Oh. Any eraser. No. I'm actually a little bit um, disturbed that you mentioned Tilt a 
you know, tilting, whirling, and Cedar Point. Because my memory as a kid of Cedar Point was being on that thing. You get in the middle of it. It's like a big cylinder, and it spins really fast. They called the, it the rotor. Yes. And the floor drops away. It doesn't really tilt, but the floor drops away, and you stick to the wall, right? And That's the hope. Yeah. Somebody directly across from me hurled. No. No. Yes. No. But the great thing about physics, I saw it coming. I saw yeah. like I saw the all of the convulsions and I saw the look on the face and I was prepared. I was about to get drenched. But the great thing about physics that I didn't understand when I was force. 11 was that it just pasted it all right to her face. Just it went right straight no. back on her no. and like on the on the cushions to her left and her right. No. It was it was it was really quite a scientific lesson for me. It really it was a breakthrough for me in my physics class later so bad for her too so bad for her but i guess if if you're going to be the perpetrator better that it's on you you know what i mean oh anybody yeah. else oh yeah so uh yeah she'd been very embarrassed <laughs> but as it stands she's not embarrassed at all right walking out of the roto with a face full of barf my she's good and smelling great too yeah oh yeah Fresh oh, as a daisy sickening man we got to get off that topic let's throw out the even lifeline we were <laughs> all over it today uh what do we do with the haven lifeline what, what, what happens here we uh you ask a question oh yeah OG this is where we comes tackle, up with a witty answer we tackle some of life's most important questions i'm so just dis- that was so disturbed i just can't get the visual out of my head our friends haven life insurance agency doug they put what you value first we don't value that story uh, you know, it, it's been a really long cold winter and so you know, it's time to get outside. I think I value a really good hoe. Just a just a good, effective hoe. God, no. Just turns God, things over. No. No. Yeah. Or a shovel to keep digging no, 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 your no. hole. A hoe is the tool for the job right now. <laughs> just keep digging. It's yeah. your loved ones in your time. That's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Love what they're doing at Haven Life because... It gets us off of uh, Doug's uh, I, topic. I don't sure. think Haven Life's going to help me plant my sunflowers. They're uh, committed to offering a modern way to buy life insurance, though, Doug. Their prices are affordable. All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than a 160-year-old insurer. I've actually heard some Mass Mutual uh, commercials on the radio about that recently. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Katie. Hey, Katie. Hi guys, this is Katie from Wisconsin, and I've gotten permission to contact you despite some recent actions that due to Midwest NICE will not be discussed. So I contribute to a Roth 401k at work. I recently went down to 2% because I need to bulk up my emergency fund. However, I'm wondering if I should remain at that level even after the short-term need is met. My employer match, air quotes, is 10% of 2%. So 10 cents on the dollar up to 2% of my contributions, hence why I just went down to 2%. Outside of the 401k, I contribute to an HSA and Roth IRA through Fidelity up to the max, and I've been taking advantage of the recent higher rates on I-bonds and short-term CDs. Normally, I would think of the classic investing order of operations as first, get the match at the 401k, then max out the HSA and IRA, then hop back over to max the 401k, and in theory, then a regular brokerage account with anything left. I've yet to reach the final step, but I'm wondering if due to the specifics of my company's contribution, I should swap my last two steps, keep my 401k at 2% and do the brokerage prior to maxing out the 401k. I like the idea of having investments that can be touched prior to traditional retirement age. 
Is there anything I'm overlooking as to why I should prioritize the 401k over a brokerage? And just to be clear, I am seeking validation for a decision that I've already made, but I'd love to hear the <laughs> thoughts you have. Thanks in advance. Do we just say, Katie, it's awesome. Katie, you're awesome. Good job. Katie's awesome because she overlooked Doug's, uh, Doug's uh, recent nefariousness toward the state of Wisconsin. Or, or truth-telling. We thank you for that, Katie. Uh, oh, gee, take it from here, man. Is Katie missing something? Well, the only thing that I would think about, I don't know that I necessarily agree that the HSA is as early as she has it in that, you know, hierarchy of where to start saving. Because in theory, that's just prepaid healthcare expenses, right? That's kind of like what you're doing with that. But I think the thing that we're overlooking here is the tax deferral and tax-free nature of the Roth 401k. You know, you're contributing 2%, you can do uh, a higher, well, I'm guessing that that 2% is not the 22,000. I'm guessing you're not maximizing the total contribution, which is 22,500 this year. Based on a 2% contribution, that would mean that Katie's making a million bucks a year, which maybe she is. The difference between tax deferral and tax-free withdrawals and taxable accounts is profound over long periods of time because you have to assume that there's going to be capital gains and dividends paid to your investments, and you're going to have to pay taxes on that, even at a relatively preferential rate of 15 or 20%. You could be at zero, like depending on your tax bracket for dividends. But I think we got to recognize that there's an opportunity to save a bunch of money on taxes now and in the future. And then the one thing that she did say at the end was, I, I want to have money available prior to the traditional retirement age. And I, I don't know how many times we have to say this, but the IRS doesn't care when you retire. They are trying to prevent you from using your retirement money before you retire. That's why there's penalties and these ages and all this other sort of stuff. You can access your retirement funds once you retire at any age. You could be retired at 30, and there's a provision for you to take money out of your retirement accounts at 30. The IRS is indifferent when you retire, but to prevent you from using your 401k money or your IRA money to buy a boat when you're 30, when you should be saving for retirement, they hit you with some penalties. If you're using it for retirement, that they're okay. Yeah, that's said the 401k will probably give you more flexibility because the 401k rules are a little bit different than IRA rules. IRA rules, if you're taking it at 30, you're going to be a little more onerous. Well, but here's the deal. If you put money in a Roth 401k and you also have a Roth IRA, what do we know about distributions from Roth IRAs? You can take the principal yeah. out anytime after five yeah. years, right? Sure. So when you take the money out of your Roth, you're taking principal out first. So let's fast forward till you're 50 and you've contributed a whole bunch of money to your Roth 401k. And now you can, now you roll that over to your Roth IRA that's been in, in place for over five years. You have access to all those contributions also without doing anything special. And then if you need to have access to the money, that's the growth, you have to fill out a little extra tax form to get access to this money without a penalty. If you're at the part where you need to get you know, gains, which frankly, if you're 52 and you're taking the gains out of your portfolio already, you probably don't have enough money to retire anyway. So, you know, you're not doing that. So I, I think there's, there's too much emphasis put on, well, I need the access to the money. You have access to it. You always have access to it. And, and maybe there's a little hoop to jump through because the IRS doesn't want you to take your money out of your retirement account before you're ready to retire, you know, because of obvious reasons. But if you're retiring, you, you know, you've socked away boatloads of cash and it's all in your workplace plan. Let me put it this way. 
if you had $50 million in your IRA and you wanted to retire at 35, does the IRS go, no, sorry, got to work till 60? No. They're like, all right, cool, good job. Awesome. Oh, by the way, fill out this form here real quick just to let us know that you're retired. You know, it's not complicated. I mean, there's some stuff to it. But, you know, we get wrapped up about like, I need all this accessibility. You know, you have it. It's there. Take the tax-free money. Cut the IRS out of it. I do like flexibility, though. My emphasis, though, still, this is where I I think Katie gets it right, OG. A bias toward flexibility, I think, is good. Too many people are locking in optimized strategies that bite them in the butt later, right? Completely 100% optimized on the way that I feel today. So having having my bias toward more flexibility, I don't think it's a bad thing. Okay. And there you go. Yes. I mean, how many times have we argued the other side? We're like, yeah, now you're in a box and you can't get out of that box because you well, put I'm yourself in Well, I'm saying specifically a, on the Roth side, yes. you have all the flexibility you need. Yes. I'm just saying overall for everybody else listening, because yeah. what I'm hearing as a tertiary argument, it's not the argument you're making, but what a lot of people might hear here is they're hearing, uh, okay, well, I can take advantage of every Let single, go, every single, every single uh, tax loophole, and yeah. then you're like, okay, how do I unwind this now that I need the cash? In this case, you can do what Katie's talking about, but in other cases, you might not be able to. Well, and I think also to your point here is the difference between the marginal difference between saving in a brokerage account and saving in a Roth 401k as it relates to tax savings is not going to be the deciding factor whether or not you get to retire early. It's not like, oh, thank God I saved, you know, 20 cents on the dollar in taxes that's deferred. And, you know, that, you know, that delta is not going to be the difference between retiring early and not. It's going to be, did I save a boatload of money, right? Like you can retire early wherever you put the money as long as you literally put it somewhere. You know, you, you know, brokerage account, 401k, IRAs, Roth, HSA, who gives a crap? You, you need to save a whole bunch of money in order to fund an earliest retirement, right? So you're just trying to optimize, like you said, at the very end. And that's important. Save more. Who cares where you put it? Katie, thanks so much for the call. We're going to send you some Stacky Benjamin's Haven Life Greatest Money Show on Earth swag. Very comfortable shirt. If you've got a question like Katie does and you're brave enough to call our voicemail, which is actually pretty fun. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail, and uh, we'd love to answer your question. By the way, let's uh, jump into this. A tertiary, tertiary is Thank you. the third. Is the third. It's the third argument. I'm saying it's not the first argument or the second argument. I'm saying it's the third thing. You're not even, you're not even thinking this far out. It's so out there, and that's what they're thinking. So, yes, I did use it correctly. Doug and I are aware of what the word is meant to mean. What everybody heard, Joe, and what I'm totally locked in on, and I didn't hear a damn thing you said after that, was your pronunciation of the word. Tertiary doesn't exist anywhere ter- in, a, ter- in a romantic-based tertiary. language or a Germanic-based language. It does. It's <laughs> no, a, it's, it's a, a soft T, damn it. No, no. It's... You speak for a living. Just do it right. <laughs> Joe so do. It's the language of Joe so do. Oh my God. Tertiary. Uh, hey, we've got uh, a little bit of community calendar stuff for everyone. I'm super excited tonight. If you're listening on Monday, the day this is released, Allison Baggerly joining me on Instagram. You heard Allison on the show about six weeks ago. If you've got questions about your budget, Allison on her Inspire Budget channel 
answers all kinds of questions. And I said, Allison, would you do that for our stackers? Just they bring you their budget questions. They bring you their budget. And she said, heck yeah, I'll do it. So Allison's going to join us 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific this afternoon. Super excited to have Allison back with us. That is on the calendar for today. If you'd like to know all the places where you can get more financial help from us, head to stackybenjamins.com slash welcome. That's our guide with all the different channels where we are. We're in so many different places. Instagram, we have a great Facebook group of stackers called The Basement. Uh, of course, our 201 newsletter and much, much more. Stackybenjamins.com slash welcome. If you're not here because you want to hang out with Allison and me this afternoon, you're here because you're worried about uh, all the gyrations in the market that happen this time of year. And you think it's time to have a better team in your corner. OG and his team are taking clients. So head to stackybedgements.com slash OG. That's the link to his calendar. Gets you a meeting with OG and his team so that they can help you make better financial decisions. All right. That's our community calendar for today. I think it's time to wrap this baby up. So much stuff. But Doug, what are our top three today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Robert Niles and plan ahead to get the most out of your next theme park trip for the least amount of money. Second, from our TikTok Minute, maybe, just maybe, you should just buy the car instead of saving up 30 grand, putting it into a life insurance policy, asking the life insurance company for a loan, only to find out they won't loan you the whole 30K, and then paying interest to yourself. Here's a better way. Save 30K, buy the car, you know, just slightly, eh, slightly cleaner process. But the big lesson? Apparently, some people don't think my Daisy Duke sweatpants shorts are family friendly at a theme park. When a rush of roller coaster air catches them just right, people can see my Speedo, which I didn't think was offensive, but anyway. Thanks to Robert Niles for joining us today. You can find all his news about where to go this summer at themeparkinsider.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of The Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Tertiary.
tertiary tertiary I may have told this story before, but sweet. Can't wait to hear it again. I know it's, it'll get better probably, but, um, Caltech and MIT have been playing practical jokes on each other for years, which I just think is great nerd humor. And they're uh, so elaborate. They are. And, and this one I thought was fantastic. Caltech went to campus at MIT on, I'm going to call it like parents weekend. They set up in some kind of mall area, you know, big grassy area along a sidewalk, set up a tent, said MIT all over the tent and on the table they had t-shirts folded that on the like gray t-shirts and on the front said MIT and then the coffee mugs and they're giving them away coffee mugs that say MIT t-shirts that say MIT everybody takes them when you put the t-shirt on the front of it says just classic you, you know university font MIT but the back says because not everybody can get into Caltech and <laughs> But what's better is the coffee mug says MIT on it, but when you pour hot coffee in it, the letters change to say Caltech. Like they incorporate the M, the I, and the T into Caltech, which I think is just fantastic because even if people realize they got punked on the T-shirt right there like outside, they still think they're going home with an MIT mug. And then, you know, it's days later, I love it. So awesome. Oh, gee, you had an after show story for us. So <clears throat> my mom is coming to visit us for a couple of weeks. My end of the school thing, eighth grade graduation. Is this a story where you got to hurry up and move? You have to hurry up and move this week? <laughs> well, she, you know, sorry, she's mom. got this thing about like not taking Uber. And so she had two flights to choose from and one got in at 10 o'clock at night. And I said, I, I don't want to go to the airport. It's, it's like, it's a weekday. It's a Wednesday. I can't, I can't just get home at midnight because you took the late flight. Like there's a thousand other flights to Dallas. So I thought we settled it. Called her last night. When does your flight land? 540. And I'm like, now it's rush hour. <laughs> like, I don't want to drive to the airport during rush hour and home. Uh, that's like doubly bad. I said, just Uber. Doug, She's can like, you see OG? Can we schedule this sometime between noon and 1.30 in the right. afternoon? I, before Please. my nap. Here's your window. Your window lunch. is 9.45 to 11, Mom, or <laughs> 1 and 3. Otherwise, don't come. Let's schedule this like civilized yeah, people, Mom. Uber. So we're just like, just, Mom, you're going to have to Uber. It just is what it is. And she's belly aching about it. So I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll figure something out. So I said to the boys, I said, I need somebody to come with me to the airport tomorrow to pick up Grandma. Uh, I'm out, Dad. I'm out, Dad. Nah, I'm busy. I'm busy. And I said, well, we're going to have a sign that says, welcome home from prison, Grandma. And my my son goes, I'm in, Dad. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> I'd be so there. Congrats on your rehab, Grandma. 
Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.